All right, what's up, Cam? Not much, Mitch. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Glad you're doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. Did you guys get all the storms that we got this last week? Um, not as many as you did. Um, but uh we did get a few random ones. Uh I woke up Thursday morning and my front door opened. There was rain on 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 my hardwood floor, which was a bit terrifying because I was sleeping and my front door got blown open by the storm, even though apparently it was locked. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Yeah, it was like six in the morning and I was like, um looking around the house, is anything stolen? Am I lucky to be alive? And I just think the wind just blew it open. So gotta check them locks when you're in, going to bed, Mitch. Yep, yep. I do it every night. But it's funny because I I'm, my wife listens to the podcast, so she's gonna find this hilarious. Our locks on our doors, on the front front of the house and the back of the house, there are two locks on the screen doors and two locks on the uh, regular exterior door. So, or the, I shouldn't say screen door, but the storm door. She locks all four of those locks every night on both doors. So, if anybody lives in the area and is looking to break into our house, the doors are not the best point of entry. <laughs> You are not going to get through the doors. Trust me, I have tried. You got to come through the pipes like Super Mario. <laughs> right, or just uh, just come in through the chimney. Seems to work for Santa, so. Indeed. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sad when you got to remind everybody that it was a joke. So. No, I knew it was a joke, but... I <laughs> So I brought that up because it rained here so hard. I have not seen that hard of a rain in a very long time. It was, it was. I'm trying to think. People often say it rains like it's raining like cats and dogs, which I've never understood. Because if cats and dogs were falling from the sky, I think we'd have bigger problems. So I was trying to think in my head, what would, what would be the upgrade from cats and dogs? Like tigers and werewolves? <laughs> something. Uh, I'll have to work on that. Yeah, we'll have to workshop that and come up with something. And then just use it enough that if people listen to the podcast, use it. And then we'll be weird and maybe have a t-shirt or something like that. We can be old man influencers. <laughs> exactly. So WWDC follow-up. Man, what uh, what have we got since we've been, uh, we've been living with all the news and stuff here for the last couple of weeks? Uh, you got anything new to report? Yeah, so last episode, I said I was definitely going to download the beta on my iPad uh, and probably not on my phone, is I believe what I said. So I downloaded it on my iPad, and I tested the Scribble feature, and um, I'm sending you the image now. There's two bits of written text, and then I did the copy as text and then pasted the text below it. So you can see my handwriting, and then you can see what Apple Notes scribble feature thought I wrote. And uh, much to um, my assumption, it can't read my handwriting consistently. And everyone I've heard talk about this says, I've got terrible handwriting and it, it aces my handwriting and gets it right every time. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you think you have bad handwriting. And then you think it's cool to say you have bad handwriting because that makes you like a more of a nerd because you don't write enough. You just type everything. 
Mm-hmm. I truly have bad handwriting, and I'm not bragging about it. I'm actually rather embarrassed about how bad it is. And Apple cannot consistently render my handwriting as text. So challenge accepted in challenge one. Unfortunately, I was hoping it was going to be able to handle my handwriting, but thus far it cannot. I hate, I, I, I hate to report. Can you read my handwriting, Mitch? I can read what it's supposed to say. <laughs> Fair point. All right. So I am uh, I am actually writing what you wrote on, into my iPad, which I have updated to iOS 14. All right. And while you're doing that, I'll, I'll explain to the listener what I wrote. I wrote, this is a note. How is my text? Can iOS read it? Now, the first time I wrote this as a note, it rendered my N as an M the first two times. And then I erased it and wrote it, and it finally got the N. But Apple thought it was, this is a note, A-N-O-T-E, one word. Didn't know that was a word. And then for, and I write in all caps, because if I write in lowercase, it's even worse than it is if it's not in all caps. And then for how is my text, can iOS read it? It wrote, how 1S my text, comma, can 10S reap it? Question mark. <laughs> and the how is my text part, the H and the T are capitalized and everything else is lowercase. And then the can iOS reap it, question mark, is all caps. Even though everything I write is in all caps. It's, it's just, a, it's, it's kind of a dumpster fire for my handwriting. They called this scribble. They didn't call this calligraphy or, you know, penmanship. They called it scribble. I would say my writing is scribbling. It's very bad. So I'm I'm just a little a little I don't know, frustrated that every teacher I had in my whole life that told me my handwriting was bad and needed to be improved was correct. I'm gonna take a screenshot of this and I'm gonna send this over to you and see what you think. <laughs> All right. Because I think that my my handwriting is way worse, and I'm really surprised that it understood what I uh, wrote here. Because I was even listening to an episode. We'll put these of, in the show notes. Yeah, I I was listening to an episode of Connected, and Mike Hurley was saying that uh, he writes some stuff in like block letters and some stuff in cursive, even mm-hmm. in the same sentence. He'll switch back and forth because. I don't know how his brain works, but that's impressive. And he even said that Scribble was able to render that. All right. This is a note. How is my text? Can iOS read it? Oh, okay. The one thing it got wrong for you is that it thought your question mark was a seven. You yeah. Know, sevens yeah. have dots below them. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say that I, that I wrote it cl- clearly? Cause obviously like my, my, my H's aren't real clear, uh, whether they're capital or um, lowercase. You know, I got my T's or one of my T's doesn't even hardly look like a T. It looks like an F. Yeah. <laughs> but somehow it parsed out what I was saying. Yeah, no, so. definitely. We, we both do not have great handwriting. <laughs> All so, right. So. But yeah, it definitely got yours far more correct than mine. So that's interesting. And I did try and like write it right in safari like espn.com and it was like ooh esp.com and i was like i don't think i want to go to that website <laughs> yep. um so 
It's an interesting feature. I don't know how much I'm going to use it. I don't really use my Apple Pencil in that way anyways. Um, but yeah, so I tried that. And then um, I've got some of the new widgets uh, stuck in the today today view just over there in prison on the left-hand side of my iPad. Very frustrating. Yep. Um, the stacks are pretty cool. I will say that. And have you figured out how to customize them yet? Yes. Yeah, so I, I was... I've been... I, I we haven't said this yet. I put uh I put the iOS 14 beta on my iPad and my iPhone now. And uh and I I remember I, I was talking last time and I says, "Well, yeah, I'll uh I'll wait until it, I know that it's running well on the iPad before I put it on my iPhone." <laughs> you know, I couldn't control my impulsiveness and I just downloaded for both of them day of, so the day that it was released and but it's working fine. I mean, I I don't know. If, I heard from so many developers that the uh, the developer beta was running really really cleanly and e- and good. Um, I've really only had a couple of issues since I downloaded downloaded those. Uh, the biggest is uh, there's a couple of games that I started that uh, when I went to open them they crashed right away. And there's probably I probably just need to reinstall them. But other than that, everything's been running really solid. So, but uh, but on the on the phone. Um, having the, having like a big banner at the top is kind of how I, I ended up doing it. And it, it's really nice to have that, have those stacks. Now the stacks give you the option to be able to turn on the automatic. Um, what is, I don't even remember what they call that. It's, uh, it allows for that automatic, uh, flipping. So it decides oh, for yeah, you what rotate. you should look at. Yeah. Smart rotate. Yeah. Smart rotate. Yep. Thank you. I turned that off pretty quick because <laughs> um, I, I threw the uh, the photo one in there. And I'm sorry, but iOS drives me crazy with memories because I was it two or three years ago. We went to Chicago on a little vacation and it pops that up at least once a month and says, hey, remember when you went to Chicago? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. But it doesn't remind me of anything else. And oh, except this morning. This morning, my wife and I are sitting down on the couch and and we're looking at something, and all of a sudden it pops up. Uh, hey, remember all this food that you've taken pictures of? I'm like, what? And so we had to play the video just because it was hilarious. So there's this nice little music playing, and it's just showing pictures of food that we've and I got one of them wrong. It was like a picture of something completely different, but <laughs> but it was pretty hilarious. I like it. It was funny. So. I just sent you another screenshot, Mitch. Uh, I see that. I, uh, I too, I, I was so frustrated with the apps or the new widgets being stuck in prison on the iPad. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I want to see what it looks like when they're mixed in with the actual apps, and I want to see what app libraries like. So I, uh, I bit the bullet, so to say, and mm-hmm. um, if you notice on my screenshot that I just took, I have um, the calendar in the top left, which is Mm -hmm. eventually going to be replaced by a Fantastical. Uh, That's another thing too. Yeah. And so Fantastical will no longer be in my dock. It will be a widget on the home screen. That one that is showing um, currently the Moana soundtrack, because that's the last Mm -hmm. thing I listened to with my daughter the other day in the car. I was just uh, I was just thinking you had terrible taste in music, but that's <laughs> uh, 
whatever the rock can sing <laughs> who knew that oh right on right on. i didn't know that um it's a smart stack with weather music photos and battery stuff um and then i have the shortcuts uh widget and those are all smart uh apple home um controls sure tv time which is i didn't know you could do this you can run a shortcut now on your phone that will power on your Apple TV, which will then power on your physical TV. And then you can open a specific app on the Apple TV, Mm. which I didn't know you could do. So if I hit TV time, it turns my TV on, turns the Apple TV on and opens up the YouTube TV app. Yeah. So if I want to come home and watch Star Trek tonight, I can just, uh, and set up a shortcut for that. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Open up CBS all access or whatever you have to do to get that. Um, Oh, we're wa- I, we're watching we're watching through uh, Voyager right now. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, the other ones are, and actually, that one controls lights because I got some Philips Hue light bulbs finally that I've been waiting for three years to get. And mm-hmm. so, um, because I'm a nerd, Lumos turns all the lights on, and Knox turns all the lights off, but also turns off the Sonos speaker and the TV. So Knox is the kill all, like at the end of the night. Sure. And then Let's Party turns the lights like purple and pink and red and plays some music from a playlist. So that's pretty fun. I'm interested to hear what you what uh, you think about that bottom section. I that that looks to me like it's not apps. It's that it's actually the uh, series suggestions. No, that bottom section is the apps I want on my home screen. Oh, okay. So that's another interesting thing. I was playing with the series suggestions and. And I'm and I'm half tempted to do something similar to what you did on the on the home screen or on the the main page of the home screen, is to just make that widgets, and that that bottom part you can uh, put in a series suggestions, uh, either the height that that you have here where it's uh, basically eight apps, mm-hmm. um, too high four crossed, or you can actually do it uh, four by four. And what the series suggestions does is it basically it does what it used to do in the in the today view, where it pulls up like the apps that it thinks you're going to want, but it actually looks like um, they're just apps on the home screen. Uh, it's not in a box. It's not in anything. It but it rotates those apps as to like what you use and what part of the day you use them. I think and that stuff would like make that. me go crazy. I kind of think so too. But I'm really curious to try it and and see what happens. The problem is, in, and this is something I wish Apple would bring back. Uh, maybe even do it as part of the uh, part of the view where you can go in and turn off screens. Um, I, I'm sure you played with that already, where you can turn off like certain home screens. Oh, I did it to all of them, but my home screen, but my main. Oh, right one. So I have this is this is what I have, and then I have the app library hmm. because hmm. I was like, I'm going to jump in the deep end and see how this goes. Yeah. But it used to be back in the day when you would uh, connect it to iTunes, you could go into iTunes and actually move uh, home screens around and you could change the order of them. You could add a new home screen in the middle of all the rest of the home screens. I wish you could still do that. Yeah, it, I, I it no lets you. Yeah, it was kind of a buried feature in iTunes, but um, <laughs> you could, yeah, you could just, because <laughs> Apple never does buried where features. Where features go to die. <laughs> But if they could, if you could still do that, that would be 
really cool because I would love to, rather than grabbing all my apps and moving them to an empty screen and then grabbing the next set of apps and moving them to the next set of empty screens and then to just be able to to have to like say screen two um, is just blank so that I can move stuff over there or whatever that if I want to mess around with my home screen, I can just add a new home screen right there instead of right in the first spot instead of having to, to do that at the end or it, to me, it just, it's maddening that you can't do that right now because it used to be so easy to mess, mess with stuff on the Mac to get, to get that, to, to do that. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Yeah. I loved that feature. And I know it wasn't really highly used because they were trying to get away from tethering it to your Mac, but I'll have to mess around with uh, the new finder integration with the iPhone and see if uh, maybe it's buried in there, but I doubt it. So, Well, I'll leave that, uh, that sleuthing up to you. Detective Mitch is on the case. Uh, yeah. So I won't call it a follow-up for the ne- next episode, but uh, if I do mess around with it, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll report and let you guys know what, how it turned out. My strategy with moving the apps around is I actually have I'm I'm using the front the main page and uh, I'll send you send you a uh, image of this, but the uh, main page on the uh, on my phone is just my, like my everyday apps, and then the second page is um, let me delete that. All right, the second page is my media uh, stuff like. Everything from uh, books to uh, music, podcasts. I've got uh, some games on there. It's it's anything that I'm going to do for fun that I want uh, direct access to. Then I have one of just some miscellaneous, and then I've got my app library after that. So I still have... I'm becoming more of a multi-screen guy from, from this, but I'm probably going to experiment with a few different things. So yeah. we'll see where that goes. I have a question, Mitch, that is totally yeah. unrelated to anything you just said. You have the settings right. app in your dock. I, I do I because I explain. go to it all the time. I just tend to use it a lot. And if and I do the same thing on my Mac where it's it's the farthest right app in the in the dock, just because I find myself having to go to it uh, relatively frequently. I have never seen that before. That is very interesting. I'm not judging you. I was I'm just I've never I'm, seen that. Before. I'm feeling judged. I'm feeling judged. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can judge me if you want to. I no, I, I, just, I got thick skin. You were talking about your whole like logic behind all the reasons, and I was just like, I, I can't focus. There's a set. This the the settings app is in the dock. That's and it's the farthest right rightmost, so it's right by my thumb, so I can pull it up r- relatively quickly. But it just it's convenient for me because you tend to I tend to have to go in there for uh, certain Bluetooth devices that I use. Oh, yeah. To make sure that I'm connecting. And it's just, you know, it's just convenient right there. So did you want to berate any of my other choices for my home no, screen? No, I want not. <laughs> if you think that was me berating, just wait till you actually make me upset. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, man. All right. Well, you ready to move on? Yeah, we can. If anything else comes up, we can certainly uh, oh, cover yeah, it in future episodes. And I'm sure we're going to come back to the iOS 14 changes. The more we use it, right? Um, well, I do have to admit that hashtag Mitch was right. Um, I was mostly right 
but <laughs> I, but since, since we, since you're rounding about, up the fully, right. All right. So here's the thing. We, we talked about the, uh, the difference between the use of, uh, oh, Swift UI, um, catalyst, uh, the fact that on the new, uh, on the upcoming uh, Apple Silicon Max, that you'll be able to run uh, the iPhone and iPad apps. Mm-hmm. And why would you have all this stuff, all these different things? And and we just surmised, and I'm not going to go through it. If you guys want to hear what I had to say about it, you can listen to the last episode, episode two, because um, it's a great episode. We had a lot of fun doing it. So, um, so it's worth a listen. But uh, the biggest part of what I talked about is I was kind of using Marco as Marco, who does the overcast app as my example of how, like, and and at one point I said, he'll never do this, but well, they spent a half an hour or better on ATP, not this last week, but the week before talking about how Marco's, you know, going to go in and probably learn Swift now and, and rebuild Overcast and Swift UI, or at least partially in Swift UI. And, and I'm just like, that's everything I said he wasn't going to do. So, <laughs> but he, he made a good point that his code is getting, getting, uh, getting old and, and creaky and, and he needed to upgrade things. So, but, uh, I, I just thought it was funny that, uh, hashtag Mitchell was right, uh, and part kind of wrong. So, the long hashtag mitch we gotta work on that oh you know as long as you a camel case you're okay (laughs) and i'm just gonna leave that out there if you don't know what camel casing is look it up uh the portal app we talked about uh portal um and this is not the facebook uh a video chat app (laughs) nor nor the cult classic video game yes although that is worth a worth a, a play it was it was a good good game um, but the portal app uh, that you were talking about was kind of, you could call it kind of a white noise app. Um, I, I used the actual white noise app for a long time and guess what? I deleted that to use portal. Uh, portal is beautiful, nice. man. That is a beautifully designed app. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I love it. The quality of the audio is so amazing. Have you listened with headphones on yet? I have. Yeah. Um, oh, so I decided to try something. I needed a nap. Uh, was it last Saturday or Sunday last weekend? And I don't nap well. I, I just, for some reason, anytime I lay down, my brain just doesn't want to shut down. And so I grabbed, grabbed the portal app and I turned on, I think it was like the thunderstorm one, like the one that they recorded on jungle. No, no, it was the great plains one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so I turned that on and I set a 40 minute timer. Cause I figured if I lay down for 40 minutes, I might get 20 minute a 20 minute power nap out of it. So I set it for 40 minutes. I laid my head down on the pillow and literally woke up 40 minutes later. It, it worked so perfectly. I was, I was super happy with it. And I did have a secondary alarm set up just in case I didn't wake up at the 40 minute mark. But the minute that audio turned off, it, triggered my brain and I woke up and I felt rested and ready to to tackle, you know, the handful of things that were left for the day. It worked beautifully. Yeah, I love it. My my daughter loves it too because she so the way that the portal app works is like it's also very visually appealing 
and oh. all of the sounds are recorded in different places all over the globe. So there's stuff in like Nepal, there's stuff in the Amazon, there's stuff in the UK, there's stuff in America, there's stuff, um, you know, in Asia. Um, and with each of those recordings, which are super high quality, you know, I can't wait for spatial audio on the AirPods Pro and right. the Portal app. That's going to be awesome. Um, but there's also really, really, really awesome visuals that go along with the sounds. Um and what's cool is it actually integrates with the Philips Hue lights. So you mm -hmm. can I was gonna have, ask you about that. Yeah, you can have the lights mimic what's on the screen, which in some cases is awesome and in some cases not so much because my daughter's favorite is she calls it the jellyfish. It's mm -hmm. the uh the aquarium in London. Um and it's this really, really soothing sound, but it's a very, very blue uh screen with all the jellyfish flooding. And so it turns the Philips Hue light in my room blue. If I turn it on, I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's not what you want. A bunch of blue light according right. to science. I don't know. Maybe it's all <laughs> hocus pocus, but um, yeah, I'm a big fan. Sometimes I just put on, um, I like the Amazon one or the Pacific waves in Hawaii. I like the, just, yeah, I like that too. The water to me is just very calming. And so sometimes if I'm having to work through a, a significant, uh, like code issue or um, support issue at work and I need to focus, I'll throw that on. And it just helps me for whatever reason, just helps me really like hone in on what I'm doing. And um, yeah, I, I totally, I don't even remember how I came across that app. Cause well, I know I usually, it is a Apple design award winner. Maybe that's how I found it. Cause or I, an I app of the day or something like that. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't peruse the app store. Like, Oh, what else could I add to my phone? Um, I'm usually trying to delete stuff from my phone. I do not have the Merlin man problem of just, you know, <laughs> apps on apps on apps on apps on apps. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't remember how I came across it. It was probably one of those deals where I went in to get a specific app and it was sitting there right in front of me. I don't know. But uh, definitely glad to have found it because it's been a uh, a nice addition. Yeah. And it didn't take me long to throw money at the developer. Because cause you can use, I think it's four of them for free, four of the sounds. Um, but to open, unlock the rest of them, I think you pay, what was it, six bucks or something like that? Yeah, it's either four ninety nine or five ninety nine. I can't remember. Yeah, I thought I thought it was five ninety nine, but I think. But yeah. for six bucks, man, he has done such good work. He, you know, that I realized the other day. This is the biggest difference between Windows and and Mac users. Is we we want to give money to good developers. And, uh, and like all the windows users I know are like, Oh, I got to pay for that. Uh, is there a free version? You know, it's like, man, if they're doing good work, give them money. So, but at any rate, I'm not ripping on, uh, windows guys. And there's, there's good windows users out there too. <laughs> so, um, so enough about the portal app, I guess, uh, unless you had anything else to say about it, but it's just a, an amazing app. Yeah, I would definitely encourage people if they're if they're into um natural background noises you know not just like but like actual like yeah. oh birds chirping in in the you know forest or waves or thunderstorms or even just like wind on the top of a mountain um it's free to check out and then you know the rest is up to you as as, as it goes but it's just yeah 
it's it's a very 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 well done application so i do a little bit of amateur woodworking and the um and the portal app triggered me to make something i'm going to send you a picture of this i'll send you a picture of this and uh, we'll th throw it in the show notes but i need i didn't have a little stand for my iphone so i thought well i'll, I'll make a little stand because i had some scrap lumber laying around and i thought well let's let's give this a try and I'm not like a real accomplished woodworker or anything. I don't even really even have the right tools for it. But, um, but I it, this app I liked it so much. I made this little uh, little iPhone stand for my iPhone so that I could set it up on my desk and have you know the fire on it or the the oh I the forgot about the fire yeah yeah the fire is a nice one too nice and that wood too will give a nice uh, reverb echo you know a little bounce to the sound which is nice. Yeah, and the uh, well, I I run it through my uh, studio monitors here. I got Bluetooth in my studio monitors, so oh, I just run it through my studio then. monitors. Yeah. Even better. Yep. Very nice. So, all right. The first topic we wanted to talk about today was backing up our computers. This triggered in me to talk about this a little bit because I've become part of the Synology family this last week, and I just got it on Thursday, and we're recording on Saturday, so. I haven't had a lot of time with it. I have gotten the backups set up on it. I got a couple of four bar, four terabyte drives in the uh, in the Synology because nice. I don't have a lot of data to back up. But I set it up in uh, I think it's RAID one, so there there's redundant backups in there, and made me think, hey, maybe we could talk about that on the show this week. Uh, are you familiar with the three two one backup strategy? I think a long time ago I was, but I have since forgotten what it exactly means. So, the three two one strategy is that you you should always have three copies of anything, two local, one offsite. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yep. So, um, what that meant back in the day was uh, that you would have uh, a cop like a copy on your computer, a copy on an external disk. And then you'd have an external disk that you copied everything to and then took to your mom's house and, and <laughs> left there. That because that was that was how, you know, they they talked about doing it. And maybe your local external disk that you had at home, maybe that became your external disk when you went over and visited your mom, because you would back that up, take it over there, bring the other one home, back everything up on that, and then you'd be able to maintain, you know. Uh, three copies of everything with one not at home just in case your house burns down you still have a copy somewhere else nowadays that off-site copy tends to be a, a cloud copy and uh, so the Synology here really does offer me the the ability to make a local copy of everything but I think the interesting part of this conversation is going to be around our cloud strategy, like how we keep everything in the cloud. Now, we're both Mac users, so we both have iCloud, right? Yeah. Is that your main source, or do you have another way of uh, backing up to the cloud? Um, so I use iCloud for obviously like my um, my my photo library and for a lot of my app storage like it just works with iCloud because it's on my iPhone or my iPad or my Mac or whatever um so I use all that but like all of my uh like all of my videos that I shoot all of the photos that I take um a lot of that stuff uh is all on Dropbox I've got a two terabyte Dropbox account um that is currently sitting at 
Hold, please. Uh, I have, I'm using 27% of that, so like uh, almost 600 gigs of stuff okay. on Dropbox, and like a lot of that is like uh, is uh, Illustrator documents, uh, Photoshop documents, um, Lightroom library backups, um, and then all the stuff that I do for my church, all the stuff that I do for my photography. Um, all of that lives there. And honestly, I can probably clean some of it up. Like of that, you know, five to 600 gigs, I would, I would venture there's probably a hundred in there that's just cruft that I haven't touched in years. Um, but that's kind of the, the nice thing about having, you know, that much space in the cloud. I don't really have to worry about it until I get close to my limit, but it is a good uh, discipline to, clean up your clutter, both physical and digital regularly. Right. And I have a, I have a weekly, uh, OmniFocus task of just Mac maintenance. So, and that's part of what I do. And I do it more often just because I've got a 256 gig drive on my laptop. And yeah. Being that that's my nap real quick. That's my main machine. So I, uh, I have to clean that out. So, um, I think I've got like 33 gigs free right now, but, uh, but I think, oh, 48 gigs. How did that happen? Um, but, <laughs> oh, no, what's missing? Whoa, what did I do? Uh, no, I think I do, I, I do know what I did. But um, So I said something to you. I don't know if we were texting or if I said we were talking, but uh, I said something to you that you were kind of shocked about. And I use OneDrive for everything. Yes, 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 yes. So I like Dropbox. I don't I don't dislike it. Um for me Dropbox is one of those things that, you know, I I still use it, but I don't use it heavily. I'm using basically the free amount that that I've had and I've referred enough people that I think I might have like I don't know. I can't even remember what I have in Dropbox right now. It's not a ton. It's not terabytes by by any stretch of the imagination. I might have like six gigs of uh, storage in Dropbox right now, but that doesn't matter because I got a terabyte of storage with Dropbox with my uh, Office three sixty five account. With and OneDrive, so you mean, yeah, with OneDrive. What did okay. I say? You said Dropbox. Oh, it's okay. You know, I just yeah. want to make no, sure I was me. tracking. That's fine. Um, I want, I don't want to, I don't want to tell people the wrong thing. So, yeah. So I went with OneDrive and I thought what I, I would test this out for a while and see, you know, how it worked for me. And I'm telling you, you know, we might be Mac people. Um, but iCloud has never worked this good. OneDrive has been solid for me. Uh, when I record and we're going to talk a little bit about church tech in a little while, but when I record at the church, it's all automatically um, saved to OneDrive into a folder called Active Projects. It saves into that folder, and when I get home, it is on my computer and ready to be edited. So then I go in, I edit the sermon, and I throw it up online. Um, it takes a little longer than that, but, you know. Yeah. So, but, uh, but I never have to worry about, is it going to be there when I get home? I've had a couple of small like name glitches where there was a space in the name that it didn't like, but it was easy enough to to figure out and fix. But OneDrive, OneDrive has been awesome, and for me, like I was gonna get the uh, 
Word and Excel and stuff like that. I was going to get the Office 365 subscription anyway because uh, we tend to use uh, the Word and stuff for church. So being that I was going to get that subscription anyway, I thought, well, I'm just going to go all in on OneDrive for a while and see how it works. And like I said, it's been rock solid. Now here, six months to a year ago or so, they added a feature where you can, you used to be able to just say, okay, I just want these folders on the drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would, it would have folders in OneDrive that you didn't have downloaded on onto your drive and you wouldn't even see them. But they uh, they added a feature, and I think you can do this with Drop Dropbox. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can now set folders to uh, they they put they say free up space, and what it does is it leaves the folder on your drive, but it uploads everything and deletes it off your drive. Yeah. So so the folder's still there. There's still a link to the file. So if you need the file, you can click on it and download it. But, but it's not saved and for, and that's why I said, I think that's what probably happened that I've got 48 gigs available right now is because I went through last weekend and uh, made sure that everything was uploaded to the cloud. And that active projects folder is the only one I leave on my, uh, on my drive. Uh, Everything else, I just click free up space and it, and it uploads it to the, the web if it's not already uploaded and then deletes the local files so that I don't have to worry about uh, um, that taking up space on my drive. Which, by the way, the Synology has uh, has a cloud backup feature that includes OneDrive, so I set that up on the Synology, so now everything is, all those files are downloaded on my Synology, and, and, uh, and if I need to get to them, I can get to them that way as well. Yeah, Dropbox has the same feature. They call it Selective Sync. You can choose which folders are taking up space on your machine's hard drive and which are um, off in the cloud that you can, you know, go to dropbox.com and sign in and do all that stuff with as well. Um, I used to do that um, back when I had 128 gig um, MacBook Air back in the day. Um, And then when I got my Mac mini, I started doing it. And then I was like, you know what? I have a five terabyte hard drive external that I bought, you know, while wow, it's a spinning disc, right? But it's it's remains plugged into the wall. It's got its own power source. I'm throwing Dropbox on there, and now I don't have to worry about it. So I have my Dropbox on my five terabyte external drive, along with you know other backups of photos and videos, like all of my photos of like when my daughter was born and like all of that stuff. That's in Dropbox. That's on multiple external hard drives. Um, and so now I don't have to worry about selective sync. I can have all my Dropbox folders until I hit that, you know, terabyte mark. Uh, well, actually, no, that's not true because it's a five terabyte drive. Never mind. So I can have my, if I, if I load up Dropbox with two terabytes worth of stuff, which that'll be today, um, I can still have access to all of it on that external drive and not take up any hard drive space on my actual Mac SSD, which is very convenient. And then the other thing I did, because I have a 256 gigabyte hard drive in my MacBook or my Mac mini as well. And I have a, a secondary, um, this one's an SSD because I need it for the speed. Uh, it's a one terabyte Samsung SSD. Uh, and there I have all my Final Cut and Logic files because those can get massive very quick, especially Final Cut. Yeah. And we can talk more about why I did that when we get to the church tech. Um, mm-hmm. But that has allowed me to free up a ton of space on my Mac hard drive. Like right now, 
I have 142 of 250 gigs available because all of my big project files are either in Dropbox on that external SS or external hard drive or or on the uh, the SSD for Logic and in, in Final Cut. So it it just keeps everything clean and separate, and it's wonderful. And as far as uh, like storage and backup, as we were talking about, um, the my Mac is I've got it on Time Machine on the Synology, so it's it's keeping oh, updated do, there. You can do Time Machine to the Synology. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, you can. Nice. Um, I basically created a volume, and then I was able to create folders, and you can create a folder, and I just named it Time Machine Backup, and it backups to that folder. So. All of the files that I have on my machine live in my OneDrive. So if I have anything that I'm working on, it goes right into the OneDrive, whether it's into my active projects or if it's uh, designated to one of the other uh, folders that's in my OneDrive. So it, it works out really nice for me. Uh, there's very rarely do I have a file that sits on my my desktop or sits on... Uh, any any other folder in my computer pretty much that uh that doesn't need to be in that folder so smart cool well i wanted to start talking about church tech as far as as what we use for for church um but the first thing i noticed that there was a bible app on the front of your uh on the screen of your uh, phone uh what bible app is that Ah, it is not an app. It is a shortcut to the shortcut. Yeah. So it's a home screen, a shortcut I put on my home screen, and it just goes to the ESV Bible app. Okay. I just, I prefer, I just like the way that that looks. Um, so I use the ESV Bible app. Okay. I am 100% all in on Logos, or Logos as they call it drives me crazy it's koine greek it's not modern greek it's logos but anyway um so i use logos on my laptop on my ipad on my iphone uh, pretty much anywhere i i did purchase i think i purchased the bronze package uh, last time i had to upgrade but i love logos you know for any kind of de deep study and and i get i get kind of don't tell my pastor this but my brain works in a way that that he preaches, he makes his point, he makes his point again, he makes his point again because because you got to do that, you know. But I got it the first time, so so now no, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I love my pastor. It's just it's just I got it. Um, there's other people in the, the sanctuary that probably need a couple more examples. You know, and and that's that's totally fine. It's they're not they're not dumber than I am. They they just learn differently than I do, and and that's totally fine. Um, but I get I tend to get bored. It was a problem I had in school and stuff like that as well. So what I do now is when he's going into his further explanation, and I got his point, I will start start looking at the Greek, or I'll start looking at uh, you know, kind of digging in a little bit more, or looking a little bit more at the context of it. Uh, just kind of maybe looking at a few cross references, whatever. And I like having that, uh, accessible to me, you know, even the iPhone app makes it pretty easy to, to dig into some of the original languages and stuff like that. So, 
so yeah, I, I absolutely love Logos for for doing a bunch of that stuff. And I think maybe at some point we'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, have you used it before? Uh, we had access to, I think, like a free version for a little while back when I was in college on a few of the computers in the library. Um, but no, man, when I was in, uh, so background, I have undergrad and master's degree in biblical studies. Um, so when I was doing that, it was all books, Greek dictionaries, Greek lexicons, you know, um, concordances, commentaries, just stacks and stacks and stacks of books. Um, so, cause I was in college from Oh four to 10 because I did master's mm-hmm. degree in undergrad back to back. So I was there six, six years. Um, and like Logos software was around, but it was pretty bulky and, you know, I'm a nerd. So I like the books anyways. Yeah. We'll have to have a talk about, uh, physical media versus digital media at some point, because I have opinions. Um, and I probably counterculture in the way that I look at them, but, um, I have, I'm a little OCD and I don't like floppy books. That's just the way it is. But, uh, (laughs) I'll, I'll sit and smell them all day, but once you open them, (laughs) it's getting a little difficult. (laughs) <laughs> but uh but at any rate so i tend to do everything digitally and because i just love the ease of access to everything uh i did i went to went to school for uh um youth ministries i didn't i didn't graduate with that degree but uh, i did go through and do a lot of that kind of biblical studies and stuff like that and uh, not to the extent that you have obviously but um but I had affairs, I had the BDB, I had, you know, inter, interlinear, I had all that stuff. I actually sold those off here several years ago because after getting Logos, it's all there. Um, everything I need to get into is is there to, to use. Um, we've been doing a hermeneutics class at church. You know, I'm bringing my laptop. Everyone else is bringing their big crate of books with them. You know, it's it's just so much more convenient for me to be able to just use Logos for that. And, I know, and I Mitch, love but it. no one will know how good of a Christian you are if you don't show up with 17 books on the same topic. I know, but my back appreciates not having to carry it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but you know, there's, there's other things about it. I, I love the workflows feature. I actually... Um, some people may not realize this, but when you when you get Logos, there are when you get a package, um, they they have like a starter pa- starter package and like a, a silver and a bronze and a gold and platinum packages and like your scholars package and I mean you can go into the thousands of dollars for these packages and what what you're buying is books and features. Um, so I, a lot of times, you know, I, I had upgraded to the bronze package at one point because the features that I wanted, um, to buy them separately were, you know, not that much less than to just buy the bronze package. So I did that, got a bunch of books with it. But then when I, then we came out with the workflows feature and, uh, I love workflows. Uh, what it gives you the ability to do is it actually walks you through a, a series of um, steps through Bible study. So you put in the scripture verse, and it'll have you uh, look at the scripture verse, read it in a couple of different versions, and then what did you observe uh, in the in the scripture? What was the author's original meaning? You know, and you're typing this all out, and it's adding it into notes. Uh, I actually built one called the the Soap Bible Workflow. Um, if you're familiar with how the, the SOAP, um, I can't remember what it all stands for, uh, scripture, observation, application, and prayer, I think it is. 
but you you can go through and and read the scripture, um, do your observation, do your application, and then you pray about it. And and I added a few other things to this workflow, but I did not have access at that point to be able to make my own workflows. So looking a little bit deeper into it, it was possible to do that, but I had to upgrade my feature package to do that. And it was either upgrade to the silver package, which was significantly more money than I wanted to spend, or for a fraction of that cost, I can upgrade just the feature package, which they don't really advertise on the website because they really want you to buy the the big bundles. But uh, but for like a hundred bucks, I was able to update the feature package to include that uh, feature, and it's worked out amazing for me. I sat down and did one the other day, and it was it was really nice. So. Um, that's one of the big reasons why I, I like Logos, but there's a plethora of other reasons. And if we ever get into it further, I'm going to have to sit down and, and just list them out and, so that we can talk about them all. But but yeah, good stuff. So uh, do you work with your tech team at all at the church? Um, no. Uh, I, I kind of have become the de facto runner of the tech team um which was not at all ever my intention um and i i should i shouldn't say i should i i I oversee all video and um audio for video and um anything that that gets live streamed or edited or posted anywhere so there there are separate guys that you know, run the soundboard during service. There are separate guys that run the lights. There are separate guys that are the techs that built. We have two projectors in the sanctuary, a projector in the basement and two TVs, one in the hallway and one in the nursery. So people can um, be in different parts of the church and still, you know, um, see and hear what's going on. And I don't mm-hmm. touch any of that. That That is a, we have a guy at the church that's a professional, um, like, uh, AV technology installer guy, so he he runs that whole show. Um, yeah. I just I I tend to manage the the video, the photography, and and the, anything that gets put online or on a, on the website. So, yeah, and I'm I'm kind of the the guy that's putting it all together. You know, I I run our website. I put everything on the website or most everything. I, I've got some got some help with from our worship director and stuff too, but. I have pretty much control over everything else though. So I run the soundboard on Sunday mornings. Um, I'm, I'm working with the pastor on his sermon slides every week, I'm running those for him, you know, and I turn on all the technology in the building when I get there in the morning and, you know, we're streaming to the nursery, at least right now, we have a mother's room that we, mm-hmm. that we were streaming to as well. But when COVID happened, a lot of that stuff stopped. Yeah. So I have to, I have to get in there and get that stuff set up, but, but we, what do you guys use for presentation software? Pro presenter. Hmm. Six, not the new seven, which has lots and lots and lots of bells and whistles, but none that we need. Yeah. So I, I upgraded our, our, we were, we used pro presenter years ago and, um, it, it was an older version of it. I'm sure the newer versions are, are more fully featured and stuff like that, but it always felt a little clunky. Oh, it's yeah, it's uh, clunky. I mean, yeah, we use uh, we have everything on the Mac now, 
and they were i think the the version that we were on was no longer going to be supported in the new updates so we had to either upgrade and pay for the upgrade for pro presenter or look elsewhere and i talked to the church and they uh they kind of they kind of give me carte blanche now as far as what uh the stuff that i i bring to them they they trust me with it so um we we are using proclaim now um from faith life i've never even heard of it so so proclaim is amazing i i love there's a ton of features uh you basically you pay uh, a monthly fee to use it uh, based on the size of your uh, size of your congregation and um that, and it's okay. thir- that bugs me but go on. Yeah, so it but what I like about it is that you're getting constant updates. They're 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 constantly supporting you. Um part of that uh part of that fee is the uh media library. Um so they're they're constantly updating the media library. We didn't go for like the top level media pro media library that they have, but just the basic media library. And that gives us a lot of slides that we can use without having to create them all on our own. So it makes it just a little bit easier. I mean, I'm I'm fine with creating a bunch of them on my own, but I know that some of the other people that uh, that support our Sunday morning worship don't want to have to do that. So having that media library helps helps them out, so they can just search for a slide and put it in there. So there's just really some cool cool stuff that they have in there. We use their online Bible slides a lot, which are all animated. Uh, the the one that I like the best. If you are, if you go to, um, I'll have to get you a link to our YouTube page so you can look at look at our uh, our live stream. But the Bible stuff, Bible um, slides that I use in there, all animate like you're flowing through the Bible, and and it's really neat. And that's all built into Proclaim that way. Yeah, I'll have to look at so, that because I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand what you mean by it animates like you're flowing through the i'll have to see what that so looks like. so imagine for a second you you uh you're holding your phone and you're scrolling up and down on the page oh uh, okay so so what the what this this particular type of slide this this one they have some other ones that do different things but this one the the verses that you're on are bold or are uh, are dark everything else is kind of grayed out on the top and the bottom in the background. So you, so you're focusing on the verse or verses that you're actually talking about. Gotcha. But then when, when you move to the next verse, it animates up and that portion grays out and the new one uh, boldens. And so it kind of flows nice like that. And let's say I'm in, like I, we're working through Romans six right now. And he wants he wants to go to say James chapter one to talk about something. I don't even know if that makes any sense. But instead of like doing some kind of herky jerky thing to get to get to James, it suddenly it does an animation where it's scrolling in the direction that you'd have to go to get to James, and then it pulls pulls that verse up. So it's just really pretty and elegant the way that it does it. So, but. And Proclaim for me has been one of the easier ones to train people on um, because it, I mean, it's, it's really, you can get really fiddly with it if you want to, but at the surface level, it's pretty easy to use. 
And what I want is that when I get somebody that comes in to to run the slides for worship or anything like that, all they have to do is hit the the arrow key and it moves to the next slide. There, there's no like searching for the right slide or, or moving around. Pro Presenter for us, that was the way it worked, you know. So you had to sit down with somebody and say, okay, well, if they, we had to have a list of verses uh, verses and courses on a piece of paper that they had to go, okay, so they're going to go to this one next. So we'll click up here. Okay, this one, okay, we'll click over here to get to this one. And honestly, that was the older version. I don't know if the newer versions have gotten any better. But in Proclaim, they had you when you put a song in, they have the song all noted as to what's verse one, verse two, verse three, choruses, all that. Mm-hmm. And then you just enter um, in, a, in a field up above, you enter verse one, chorus one, verse two, chorus two. And then it builds the slides out in, in the way that you're, they're going to sing it. So now on Sunday morning, when you, when you guys sit down to do, the, do all of that, and run that presentation all my guys have to do is hit a button hit a button hit a button and there's no searching around for a verse or a chorus or anything like that so because my church isn't a very big church so the talent that's in my church i I love the guys that work with me they they're they know what they're doing and they can they can do all of that stuff but it gives me peace of mind to know that I can pretty much sit anybody in that seat, give the five, five minutes of training and they can do that. Nice. Yeah, no, that's, I, I, while, while you were explaining, I was actually looking at the website cause I'd never heard of it before. So I was curious to see. Yeah. It integrates with Logos and with the faith life Bible on, uh, on the iPhone and, and iPad and I'm sure Android as well. So that's one of the other features that's kind of neat with it is that if you're in, you're on a Bible slide and somebody's in one of those apps, um, which, you know, it, it's going to be a vast minority of people that are in an app like that. But like in the Logos app, it pops up a little thing on the bottom that says, hey, we're in this scripture. Would you like to go there? And you can tap on it and it'll take you right to the scripture that we're that we're in. That's instead an interesting little uh, feature. Yeah, and it's so it it gives a little bit more functionality. There's remote apps that you can run on your phone and your iPad as well. So if I really wanted to, I could pull up that remote app, go sit in the congregation with my wife, and just sit and run the whole presentation right from right from the congregation, and I don't even have to be back by the computers. That's a nice feature. Yeah. So are you guys live streaming? Yeah, we weren't doing anything really at all before um, the pandemic happened same um, here really because i mean our church isn't huge either um and our I, I don't think our pastors appreciated what was possible um mm-hmm. and and i'm very much uh i i i when it comes to church i don't like production value i don't like you know, fancy lights. I don't like if, if it feels at all like a show to me, mm-hmm. I'm done. hundred percent. hundred percent agree with you. There's, and, and there's this fine line between we do things excellently because that's what we're called to. And then right. we do things to have production value and look good. 
and I'm all about doing things excellently. But the second we cross over into production value stuff, I my literally I feel like my skin's on fire because it's just wrong in in so many ways. Um, and so I have so never I pushed. Would, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I I would call the difference the difference between putting a quality product together and being a showman. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I think, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And, and it's the it, same thing you said. It's just the way I, my yeah. And, and to me, it's about motivations and intent, right? And mm-hmm. that can be hard to read in other people. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where relationship and trust has to go a long way. And, and, you know, let, let, let us not forget reason and logic belong in that decision as well. Um, so, we haven't done really anything um, online or whatever. And I was totally cool with that. So I was like, all right, this is good. This is, this is, you know, this is about people. And, and then obviously we couldn't meet for four months. And um, so we started, first we started recording. Um, and then I would edit the vo- the videos together, put them together. And then we would premiere them on Facebook. And then we started live streaming Um because my pastor wants to stress me out. <laughs> um, you know, and I had streamed on Twitch for a while, you know, to like four people. Um, but I knew, I knew the software, I knew the process. I had, I had the equipment to do it. Um, and so I, I became the de facto, okay, you're the, you're the video and live stream guy. Um, and so I had to, you know, I, I used to run sound back in high school, but I haven't done it since high school. And I'm, about to be 34 here in, in a month or two. So, you know, it's, it's been a day or two since I ran sound. So I had to relearn the entire soundboard. And, and back then it was analog and now it's digital and the digital soundboards are amazing, Mitch. Holy cow. I, you can do right. so much. Um, so it's been awesome because I've had the opportunity to learn about a bunch of stuff that I used to really like. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot how much I like this. This is awesome. Um, and so, yeah, we're now that we, we, our first Sunday was last Sunday. We were out at a farm. Um, but this Sunday will be our first Sunday back in the building. And we're going from one service to two services because we're only allowed to have 50 people in the building at a time. Right. So we're splitting into two services, one in the morning and we've always met at five o'clock. So the morning service is actually our outlier. And um, we always met at five o'clock at night. Um, so we'll have one in the morning and one in the evening and we're live streaming the evening version still because not everyone will be able to be there. And there's some people that will choose not to be there. And there's some people that just can't because right. they're at risk because of, you know, medical conditions that make them a prime target. Um, and so we're using just OBS and live streaming to Facebook and it's super simple. And Facebook, because everyone is on Facebook, grandmas, moms, dads, uncles, everybody, right? Um, it's just become the ubiquitous platform for at least the people in, in our congregation. So that's what we're doing. It's really simple. We have a, we have a Sony uh, camcorder on the wall in the back of the sanctuary that shoots, I think probably just 720. So it's not fancy. It's not, you know, expensive, but it's good enough. And then I run the sound from the uh, soundboard out of the USB out in the back into the computer and with OBS you can choose your video source choose your audio source and then plug it into um you know Facebook with your stream key and you know Bob's your uncle and church online yep yeah we uh when all of the covid stuff was starting 
um, even before they really announced that they were going to start shutting stuff down, I just had this feeling because we had talked about doing video for years uh, and we just never did. I, I was always of the feeling that video takes a lot more time and a lot more effort to, yep. to put online. Mm-hmm. And so if we, you know, being a volunteer at the church, we having video, you basically saying, okay, Mitch, your just, your Sundays are just spent putting all this stuff online. So I, uh, I kind of resisted doing the video at first. And now that we're doing the streaming, the streaming is so much easier. We stream to YouTube instead of, uh, Facebook. I could stream to Facebook. Um, we're using Streamlabs OBS, which allows you to multi-stream, but I'm a little worried about bandwidth if okay. we're streaming to two places. I have a question about yeah. slobs because that's what I used first because that's what I was using for Twitch. How did you mm-hmm. get around the selecting of the game you were playing when you go live? I can't say I've ever had that issue. Really? Because every yeah. time I tried to use slobs to go Streamlabs OBS to go live with church stuff, it made me choose from a list what game I was playing before I could go well, live. And this is the Mac version, but it, it I've never had the issue with it at all. It's just because I would I much tried... rather use I would much rather use slobs. It's so much cleaner and prettier and better yeah. than regular OBS. Yeah, and quite honestly, I don't, you know, before you had to go get your uh, stream key from, you know, YouTube or Facebook and then copy and paste that into uh, OBS, uh-huh. you don't have to do that with with uh, with Streamlabs OBS. You only, all you, all I ever have to do when I, when I um, get to church in the morning, because on Saturdays, and I'll do this later today, I'll set up the live stream on YouTube. And I will set up the the link on the oh, front page of I our website. It's because I wonder if it's because you're streaming to YouTube and not Facebook. It could be, I, but that, uh, that must be it. Yeah, but then when I get there on Sunday morning, all I've got to do is go in and um, click go live, and it will ask if I want to start a new stream, or it'll give me a little drop down box to select because I'm basically logged into YouTube already through through did you call it slabs slobs yeah okay um that's new to me but uh but you just you're already logged in so you don't have to mess around with uh with you know copying stream keys and all that stuff you just pick it from a it's much easier to use than than oh yeah absolutely regular obs absolutely yeah 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 I totally so, which is why I'm using it. Uh, when I we started doing the live stream, that wasn't that didn't exist for Mac, so they yeah, they're it's technically in beta. Yeah, Isn't it pretty recent. Yeah, they're technically in beta, from what I understand. But oh, if I can't get around stuff. that, if I can't get around that, choose your game thing, then it doesn't really work for me. I I have not had an issue. I I just put in the video the the video capture that we want, or I, and be, and I'll talk a little bit about that too because I'm set up a little bit different than you are. But the video capture I'll set up and the audio, and then I just go. I just leave the audio muted until till nine o'clock when we're getting ready to start, and unmute that, and we go live and you know shut her down when I'm done. So it works out really really con- conveniently. But where you guys are doing, um, you're doing a uh, camera shot 
the video, I have zero cameras because we, we talked about it. And when we were doing the streaming with no congregation, we've had a congregation for probably about a month now. Uh, we just spaced out the chairs and uh, we offer masks and um, sanitizer. And we're basically following what uh, what our local area is uh, dictating as far as gatherings are concerned. We don't have a 50-person uh, limit uh, either uh, up in Wisconsin up here. So, but uh, we, when we didn't have a congregation there, uh, it was like we basically just came in jeans and and uh, po- or in hoodies and did it you know even our pastor uh so uh so we didn't do video so everything that you see on our live stream is what's coming out of proclaim oh okay yeah gotcha so so what i had to do for the live stream early on when we didn't have a congregation there is i created a uh motion graphic with the with the church logo on it for when we didn't have a slide to put up. And, and so that was up there whenever we were, whenever we were in that spot where normally in the church, we just have a black screen. Um, now that we have a congregation in there, I have a non-moving um, logo that I put up on the screen so that there's something there at least, but it's not distracting t- to the congregation because what I don't want to do is have somebody go, oh, my video just went out. And then I get, then I, I'm in the chat with, uh, with anybody that's watching the live stream. And, uh, and I get that all the time. Oh, there's no audio or there's the video went out. And it's like, if, if I'm monitoring that and, and I know that there's something on there that they can't see, I can simply say, Hey, just reload your stream, you know, or whatever. And so, um, so it works out really nice uh with that but uh, just having an image on the screen all the time uh was was probably one of the key things that I changed about the way that we were using proclaim but but otherwise yeah that's worked out really well for us because we we do we are pretty heavy on graphics and stuff like that uh when we're uh when we're doing the uh, live stream and such so oh makes sense makes sense I can't say that I have a ton more to add to that. I know we are going to be live streaming going forward um, yeah. because there are some shut-ins that want it and stuff. Yeah. I uh, I realized I need to go over to the church and test it again because when those storms <laughs> rolled through that we were talking about earlier, yeah. um, lightning does funny things to our building. I was in radio for years, so you don't have to tell me about lightning. Lightning would knock out our transmitter just about every time we got a storm. I have stories that I'll have to tell you sometime on on the podcast about uh, going out to the transmitter shed in the middle of a thunderstorm with with uh, electric charge coming down the uh, down the cables from the tower and zap zap they, they arc it would arc over the insulators and so you'd, you'd listen to zaps and pops and you'd just be like oh shoot I do not want to get struck by anything because it. Because the clouds going across the uh, the transmitter tower, just all the electrical charge that's up in those clouds just comes right down that tower. So, yeah, it was pretty harrowing sometimes going out there and getting the, the uh, stations back on the air. Yeah, yikes. Oh, one, one quick thought. Yeah. I mentioned earlier when I was talking about why I, I moved 
logic and um final cut to the ssd the external one was because when i was editing these videos they were you know 45 minutes to an hour long and that would quickly be like a 40 gig file for the video um so that was one of i think the things that i had to figure out i was like these things are killing my hard drive like these projects get so big so fast and so it, it actually forced me into what I think is a really good solution. So I was actually grateful. At first, it was a frustration. Now I'm like, sweet, I have a bunch of room on my hard drive. I can I can keep these projects in case we need them in the future on this external. And it's faster and or it's just as fast because it's USB-C to SSD. So it's, I mean, the transfer speeds are quite quick. Um, so I, I said I was going to mention it later and I forgot to until now. Oh, no problem. I'm a good podcaster, right? Well, I I did want to throw out there that if you do want to check out what we're doing with the with the the live stream and stuff like that, uh, you can check out our church's website gbcportage.com uh, that uh everything is is up there. And it'd be kind of kind of cool to get your feedback on that. See how, see what you think. Well, if we're going to wrap up the episode, which I think uh it's about that time. Um are you good with that? Yeah. All right. Excellent. I think we've covered quite a bit of ground today and had some fun. Uh, I do want to mention that we have moved our podcast to Fireside. Uh, you can go to innerdialogue.fireside.fm. Uh, hopefully at some point we'll be able to afford to put a, a domain to that so we can just say, here, go to this domain. Um, but at this point, it's innerdialogue.fireside.fm to, uh, to hit our page on Fireside. I will put a link on subversiveblack.com as well, uh, so you can have access to that. Uh, would you consider putting a link on your website for that? Okay, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. No, I, I'm I'm planning on doing it anyways. Okay, all right. I was waiting for you to say, no, I don't want to put that on my site. <laughs> it's my website. You can't have it. If you have questions, uh, you have anything that you would like to hit us up, uh, we both uh, are on Twitter. I'm Mitch Craig on Twitter. I'm Cam Brennan. Cam Brennan. We keep it simple. It's our first and last names. So I think we're the kind of geeks that we get to that early so we get our names. Yeah, I bought I bought my daughter a domain for her name, like I think two or three days after she was born. Right on. Realizing that she probably, one, will maybe never use it, um, and two, even if she does, it won't be until she's like, you know, an adult. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to have options, Mitch. You do. And it's not a bad, bad thing to do. So cool. All right. Well, if you guys have questions, hit us up on Twitter. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. Cam, Indeed. it's been fun. Oh, likewise, sir. I agree. All right. We'll see you back there in a couple of weeks. Adios.